What's crack? Big dogs. Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDG. Big dogs. Gotta eat. And it is rookie saison. It's a bonus. Thus, the mock drafts need to start flowing. As much as the coffee, as much as the tequila, as much as all the good shit starts flowing. We need to reciprocate when it comes to content. Been doing a lot of behind the scenes things. If you've been following along, you know I have a lot going on right now with the brand. We're scaling, we're expanding, new content creators coming onto the channel literally next week. We're gonna have a full stacked lineup of Dynasty and Rookie videos coming basically every single day of the week for y'all. But just to feed your appetite a little bit. Today we're doing a rookie mock draft, a Dynasty rookie mock draft. These aren't really gonna happen for anybody. Some people do them before the NFL draft. Actually, drop a comment, when do you do your rookie dynasty drafts? Typically, the leagues that I'm in, uh, we do it right after the NFL draft happens. Usually, the NFL draft will happen. If I'm the commissioner, we're usually doing it one week after. So if the NFL draft ends on the Sunday, we're trying to kick off the 101 is on the clock the following Sunday. You know, give everyone a week to, you know, people got to fucking go into work. People got jobs on Monday morning. Not everyone has the 60 fucking rookies laid out fantastically, you know, well-developed research and everything like that. So give people a week to look over what happened in the NFL draft. That is my two cents. Either one week or later, right? You could wait, you could wait later into the spring if you want to. But it's fun to get the action going, so we are going to get the action flowing. Here's what this mock draft is going to be. However, uh, 2022 rookie dynasty mock draft is half PPR. I have not started scouting the quarterbacks. And I don't know if I'm going to because everyone is horrible at scouting quarterbacks. No one knows what they're talking about when it comes to scouting quarterbacks. So I might just draft based off of draft capital. I know for those of y'all that are new, it's, this is like a terrible first impression to you. And I apologize, but it's just truth. Now, this draft in particular is going to be, we'll call it a one quarterback draft. Okay. We're called, we want to, we want to focus on the skill players so that you guys get the juice, the meats of this rookie class. So I could start painting the picture of this rookie class. You guys have a better idea of tiers. You know, it's tough when you get 40 names thrown at you and you can't differentiate. You're like, oh, these two wide receivers played in the same school. These two guys look alike. These guys have the same story, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's, I think it's important to start differentiating the rookies before you dive into like rankings and memorize how people have them, you know, stacked up in tiers and whatever. So I'll give you a little sneak peek behind the process of how I evaluate my rookies, but we'll do that right after the intro and then we'll get into the mock draft. And I almost forgot, because I haven't done content in a minute, to tuck my shirt in. So everybody following along, please tuck your shirt in for the remainder of this film. Stop yelling. Okay, so as I said, this is gonna actually going to be a first round. Just the first round, 12 teams, skill players only. I guess it could be one quarterback because none of the quarterbacks are going in the top 12 if it's a one-quarterback league. Probably won't be any tight ends. So it's going to be running back and wide receiver. Now, the process I have for evaluating rookies, and this is kind of how I suggest everybody do it. If you haven't watched a lot of college football, which, you know, some of you guys, you know, watch it like fluently or, you know, sparingly throughout the year. You, you don't have, you know, you might see a couple highlights from a guy or know that this guy's good, but you haven't really watched it. What I do is I try to go into it completely unbiased. I don't look at the size of a player. I don't look at his high school athletics. I don't look at his statistics or the production that he put up in college. I don't look at anything analytically. I try to go into the film with a very clear blank slate. The first thing I do is open up Google Chrome, rip off four to five tabs, and open up a full game film from a single player. I right? say we're uh, we're scouting Traylon Burks. Going into it without looking at his college production, so I don't have a bias towards him, right? If you, if you go into it already knowing a player's production and like his breakout age and all that bullshit, 
then you're you're going to look for the positives in film. Or if you don't like a player, right? You you happen to have watched a full game of a bad game of a player. You're going to think a player's bad. You're going to look at his stats and etc. You're going to start painting pictures beforehand. So I highly suggest you go into all this shit completely unbiased. I'm going to open four game films. Now, DynastyNerds.com has, they call it Game Film Room or something like that, the Nerd Film Room. It is a paid subscription, so you would have to pay for all the cut-ups that they have, but in my opinion, it's worth it from my standpoint because I'm someone that's looking at a lot of fucking tape in the off-season months, and they cut up plays, and they'll have like the circle around the specific player that you're actually scouting, so it's well-organized and smoothly, fluidly run. So uh, I really like the, the Dynasty Nerds Film Room. I think it's DynastyNerds.com. You'll be able to find the subscription for it. Other than that, though, you can go straight on YouTube, and what you do is you type in the player's name, and then just verse so Traylon Burks vs and it will be like Traylon Burks versus Georgia Traylon Burks versus Alabama Traylon Burks versus etc right and anytime it's just like Traylon Burks versus that will be the full featured game film for that player so I'll rip open four to five game films and I will watch completely those films and they're usually anywhere from like five to ten minutes so realistically if you're doing a player you know it's gonna be 20 minutes 25 minutes of game film watching but you'll have a very good stance of where you feel or how you feel about this player right and then what I'll do is I'll look at the player right and I'll say like okay Traylon Burks wow amazing with the ball in his hands they ran a ton of screen passes for him he racked up a ton of yards after the catch right so I'll start forming these thoughts that I had via watching the film. And I'll write all those down. I have a notepad. I use the Notion app. Great fucking app if you guys don't use it. I'll use the Notion app. I'll start writing down the things that I noticed throughout the film. Okay. And because this is subjective, film watching is always subjective. After I do the four or five game films, then I have my opinion on the player. I go to every one of those pieces of notes that I wrote down. And then I try to either back it up or prove it wrong via the numbers and the statistics. Okay. So we use a lot of different software and apps and shit. Like we have subscriptions to PFF to uh, Sports Info Solutions. So a lot of different like paid subscription and, and analytically driven websites that I use. So I'll say like, okay, he was awesome after the catch, right? Screen yards after the catch, whatever. So I'll go look. I'll say like, okay, uh, I'm going to go to PFF. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to wide receivers. I'm going to go to screen passes, like who led the nation in screen passes. And that either backs up or deletes the things that my brain are saying onto the notepad, whatever. Fuck you guys. I'll look it up and I'll say, okay, Traylon Burks is, you know, they use him in the screen game heavily. It's something that we could probably expect at the next level backed up by the fact that he was number seven in the country in screen passes and in broken tackle rate. Like he's awesome with the ball in his hands. He's, he's a yak God, right? As is how I would put it. And then I'd say like, okay, his yards after uh yards after catch per reception ranks top 10 in the NCAA like I'm not just seeing things you know what I mean I want to back up the numbers that I saw and sometimes I'll be like this dude's really really elusive I'll look at the elusive rating and he ranks like 110th out of 140 and I'm like maybe I just saw a really good game film maybe I saw one game that really excited me I need to go bike and rewatch it so all these things I try to be as, as unbiased as possible a lot of a lot of dudes out there will literally just look at like breakout age college production things like that and then they make this opinion on them without having any sort of like backup numbers without having any sort of stance on a player without having any sort of shit like that. So I apologize for the lengthy introduction, but that is how we do things. Okay. We tell a story of the player, right? That's, that's how our rookie draft guide is going to uh, have each rookie profile broken down by four or five game film notes, then production statistics and analytics. And then once the NFL combine happens, you add athletics into that, right? And we just paint the picture of the profile as this player gets more and more color palettes added to the canvas and then the NFL draft. So you have those four pieces. You have what he looks like on game film. 
You have the numbers, production, and analytics. You have his athletics, and then you have his draft capital and landing spot. Though that is how you paint the picture of a player. That is how you become Vincent Van Gogh, not a broke homeless motherfucker at Washington Square Park like most of the dudes in Dynasty Twitter find themselves being now a motherfucking days. All right, with the 101. In this year's rookie, this is a really exciting year for people like me who like to yell at other people because there's no clear consensus whatsoever. There's no clear position, right? Even in super flex leagues, the 101 is not for sure a quarterback. The rookie running back, the running back rankings in themselves are very flip-flop between like Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker. People have them flipped. Wide receivers are going to get interesting. We don't, you know, do you like Traylon Burks over Brees Hall, et cetera, et cetera. Like the number one pick, anything from like one to six is completely up for grabs this year and will be completely subjectively driven, which is why I really, 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 really suggest you get in the dirt for this year because there is no consensus tiers and it's going to make it fun. So if you can trade up into like the 106 or whatever, you're going to find yourself in a nice little tier of guys where there's going to be value pockets for you to grab a guy that you might have had as the 101 or 102 that falls to the 106 because other players like other plays. You know what I'm saying? All right. 101. I like Mr. Brees Hall. I uh, actually love Mr. Brees Hall. Okay. Running back, Iowa State. This guy came in immediately as a freshman, ripped off 1,150 yards, 10 touchdowns. A lot of people are comparing him to David Montgomery. I think he's way better than David Montgomery. I think he's smooth. I think the way he runs is just fucking wholesome. Real running back size, 6'1", 215. Uh, every year just got better and better and improved. Statistics bike that up. Uh, 23 touchdowns his sophomore year. 23 touchdowns his junior year. Caught 36 passes his junior year. He could play on all three downs. Um, this is a quote from an article I read. I don't know. Over 4,675 yards from scrimmage and 56 touchdowns over the last three years. He's also crossed the goal line in an absurd 24 straight games. Uh, his, his productivity at the college level is just completely unmatched. Okay, so I love that he's got the size. He's really, really good on all three downs. My player comp for him is actually Aaron Jones. He's a, he's a bigger Aaron Jones, okay? So Brees Hall is 6'1", 215. And I like player comps that don't necessarily have to fit the size and, and match in the way the players look. I think they, again, like Aaron Jones is a wholesome-ass player. He's going to be really good on three downs. He's, he's not always doing shit that's, like, super flashy. You're not always like, ooh, that fucking jump cut was disgusting. But all of his moves work. Like, guys have such trouble bringing him down, even though, like, on film it doesn't look flashy. That's the way Brees Hall comes off to me. Just a really, really nice little grab bag of different moves and ways to beat defender so he is my 101 right now right behind Mr. Brees Hall is as mentioned Traylon Burks wide receiver out of Arkansas Traylon Burks is just built like you know it's it's soon to be shirtless Traylon Burks season on Twitter all right because this dude is like AJ Brown this dude is built like those types of dudes and that is my confirm AJ Brown very very low-hanging fruit he is so so good after the catch and you'll actually see uh, once we get to the top three wide receivers there's there's a lot of similarities between these three he is just um so athletic he's so smooth everything he does is is like uncoverable right he's not like the purest route runner but he's an incredible separator like no matter what he does he's going to separate from the defense and he's very much like aj brown in the sense that like they run a lot of screen passes for him they get him involved with the ball in his hands at the line of scrimmage and let him do his work afterwards he is really 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 good in the open field man I mean, this dude's got real, real home run speed. Wouldn't be surprised if he cracked underneath the four fours. Like, really crazy. The most dangerous play in college football is a Traylon Burks bubble screen. That's facts. This this man dismantled Alabama. Go watch that game. Go watch Traylon Burks versus Alabama on YouTube. I'm going to be honest with you, okay? 
I said I watched four to five games of every prospect, and I do 99.9% of the time, but I shut this motherfucker's film off after like two games. I didn't need to see any more for, to know that he's my wide receiver one in this class. There's a chance you'll see a lot of Traylon Burks as the 101 chatter this offseason, and I can't argue against it. You're going to tell me I got A.J. Brown in my rookie draft? I'm completely fine with that. I'm someone that tends to lean more towards running backs over wide receivers just because of the positional advantage. And I think the upside of an elite RB1 is higher than the upside of an elite wide receiver one, just in fantasy for talking tit for tat, titty for titty, pound for pound, okay? So I like Brees Hall over Traylon Burks for now, but there's a chance that uh, the problem with this class too, which makes it even more messy, is the draft capital is going to be super important. There's no Najee Harris. There's no clear-cut guy who's going to go in the first round. I would be surprised if any of these running backs ended up going in the first round, like the Brees Halls, the Isaiah Spillers, the Kenneth Walkers, could land anywhere from like the very end of the first all the way to like the third round. You know, I would be surprised if we don't have a second round rookie running back this year, just because we typically always just have a second round rookie running back, if not multiple of them. But like, it also wouldn't shock me if the first running back off the boards in the third round. And if that's the case, you know, you're not going to take like a third round Isaiah Spiller over uh, top 10 Traylon Burks or you know, one of the Garrett Wilson or whatever, one of these other wide receivers. So, so many things are still fucking up in the air when it comes to rankings and mock drafts and things like that. So we'll continue down the list. Traylon Burks is Mr. AJ Brown. Okay. So where it stands right now, clear as day, I can see Brees Hall, Traylon Burks is my top two people. And I could see it clearly because I've got my Felix Grays on and they're blue light blocking glasses. And most blue light blocking glasses look weird, look nerdy, look orange. Okay. You can't see clearly when you have orange lenses on your blue light blocking glasses, okay? I'm trying to I'm trying to be able to wear them in a practical lifestyle sense. Like Felix Gray is a, it's almost like a luxury version of blue light glasses, but also fit into a lifestyle where you can wear them to the coffee shop and not look like a crazy person. For those of y'all that are not into blue light glasses or have no idea what these are, they basically block the blue light emissions that come off your screen, right? We have a laptop, a camera, a light, a monitor, a cell phone, whatever. Screens all day, every day. People are back in the office now after COVID. They got double monitors. Um, it fucks up your sleep, okay? When your eyes are getting soaked with blue light, your body can't produce melatonin, okay? It's telling you to stay awake. It's sending messages to your brain. It's fucking up your sleep, okay? The way to fix that is via Felix Gray's, is via these blue light blocking glasses, okay? I've been using these for years and years and years and years. I've been getting such good sleep, since since the NFL season ended, which is why I'm able to sit here and fucking rip off a light 45-minute video for y'all with the big facts. Excellently produced, okay? So, y'all gotta go check out Felix Gray. The link will be right in the description. I don't know if that... I don't think they got a promo code going on. They're, they're ex exclusive brand. They don't typically ever do promo codes. They do like once a year. I don't think they have anything running right now. But if you click the link down below, you'd be supporting us because Felix Gray is supporting us. And then by clicking the link, it lets them know that you were sent there by moi but honestly i would i would be repping felix gray i'd be talking about them in my videos even if we weren't working with them as a sponsor because that's exactly what i did and that's how we ended up with them as a sponsor but blue light glasses man you have to have them in your repertoire you're going to sleep better you're going to be able to stare at your phone in bed and not feel bad about it your eyes will not be strained if you're looking at screens all fucking day you know who's open all fucking day mr drake london usc wide receiver the 103 we have mr drake london out of usc Big, 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 big boy. Okay, so the very low hanging fruit here again is uh, is Mike Evans for a player comp. When you watch him, he just—I mean, he's—I think it's more of like a caramel skin color, to be honest with you, and I think that's why people see it. But he's also like six four, and he's a big fucking bully, and he plays like him. He's like one of those big guys that you can throw the ball up to down the field, and eighty five percent of the time he's coming down with it. But he's also secretly awesome 
running routes. Like his short slants and medium slants and intermediate routes are really, 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 really fucking crispy. He's always open over the middle of the field, which is why my player comp for him is actually Brandon Marshall, not Mike Evans. But again, I would not argue with you if you went for Evans as a comp, Drake London. Drake London actually committed to USC and was playing both basketball and football. He only played a couple games for for uh, USC basketball and ended up saying, you know, I'm just going to focus on football and it was a good decision. He um, played eight games his freshman year football and then COVID year happened. USC only played six games, but he had a, he, you know, he had a mini breakout in 2020, averaging almost 100 yards per game receiving. And then 2021 was the big breakout year for him. He did suffer a season ending injury, the fractured, fractured ankle in, uh, in their eighth game. But before that, in eight games, in eight games for USC, while fracturing the ankle in the middle of the eighth game. 88 catches, 1,084 yards, seven touchdowns, okay? So you're talking about 11 catches per game, over 120 yards per game, and nearly a touchdown every single game. This dude was fucking awesome. And as I said, great in contested catches. He led the nation 19 contested catches on 28 opportunities last season. Six foot five, 210 pounds. This dude's a monster. Love this dude as a top five pick in rookie drafts. Move down the list. We're going to try to make this a little bit quicker. Number four on my list, man, number four through six is really, really difficult for me. I have Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is the running back from Michigan State. Kenneth Walker transferred from Wake Forest after having two really, really underwhelming freshman and sophomore years. And Kenneth Walker is about as good of a runner as you're going to find in the NCAA. I think he led the NCAA in basically every statistical category when it comes to rushing the ball this year. Transfers to Michigan State 2021, 264 carries, 1,646 rushing yards, 18 rushing touchdowns. The biggest red, well, I guess there's a couple of big red flags. One is he only has one year of production, right? The two years at Wake Forest, he didn't have no production there, but like not good. Okay. Uh, you wouldn't have looked at him as a prospect been like, yo, he, you know, he's going to, he's the truth. He's top three running back in the class. So it's a little weird that we have two shitty years and then a third awesome year. Ray GQ did a really good breakdown on Kenneth Walker, like a full breakdown on Kenneth Walker, where he was looking at the running styles of how Wake Forest running backs and how their offense runs things. And it's very, very different for how Michigan State does. And I think it was more of a product of a system, to be honest with you. It's very, very, very hard to just fluke your way to 1,646 rushing yards and 18 touchdowns. That's the way I'll say it. The two problems that we see with Kenneth Walker are both on third down. Freshman year, three catches. Sophomore year, three catches. Even this year as the Michigan State workhorse, 13 catches. That, my friends, is a problem, okay? Not saying he can't catch the ball, but I need to. I want to see the production in order to like label him a three-down back at the next level. My comp for Kenneth Walker is Noshaw Moreno, okay? Noshaw Moreno, really good runner, okay? He, he dealt with a lot of injuries, had some ups and downs in the NFL, but when he hit a ceiling, he was a 1,600-yard from scrimmage player in the NFL. He had some big years. He caught a lot of passes in some of the years. I think that could be the case for Kenneth Walker. I'm not going to be banking on that to be the case, but he could be an awesome, awesome two-down runner. Um, and if that's the case, he'll probably move down my ranks, my mock draft. We'll see where he gets drafted in the NFL uh, this year, but he has a prototype build. I mean, he's, he's actually a little smaller than I thought he was, so player profile has him listed at 5'10", 206. I think he's going to come in a little bit beefier than that, uh, at the combine he he's like shredded and, and pretty ripped up and just looks like a really solid put together back um and you know if, if you're going to be a two down grinder at the next level you can't be 206 pounds so uh, a lot more to come on kenneth walker but he's an awesome awesome runner really really fun to watch on film moving onward okay so coming in at the 105 we have mr isaiah spiller texas a&m workhorse running back seen him all the way up at 101 i'm a little bit worried about you know if we're looking at these top three backs and we're looking at who i think is most likely to bust out of them i think it's spiller his running style reminds me a lot of miles sanders and miles sanders is i mean as a prospect miles sanders came into the league like very very uh prancy behind the line of scrimmage right he was one of those guys where like he'd get to the line of scrimmage and then 
start moving side to side and bounce runs outside like way, 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 way too often, right? When he makes a good play, it looks really good because he's super athletic. That's the same feeling I get with Isaiah Spiller. And actually, I'm excited because uh, one of our new content creators next week, our first video that we're going to rip off together is about Isaiah Spiller and why we think he's the most overrated running back in terms of where he's being drafted this year in rookie drafts. Not related to CJ Spiller. He is very young, okay? He's one of those, like, he's long, he's lean, which is why he reminds me a little bit of, of Miles Sanders, but he's he's... You know, there's a lot of good with Isaiah Spiller. We'll put it that way, okay? Very athletic, awesome on third downs, okay? Freshman year, 29 catches, 20 catches a sophomore year, only playing 10 games, 25 catches this next year, okay? So no no problem with him on third downs. Um, he's also built like a real workhorse, 6'1", 225. So you're looking at a guy who has, you know, Le'Veon Bell type, size like real real workhorse type size 6'1 225 and can play on third downs um really really good pass catcher my concern is as a runner again like reminds me of Miles Sanders where more often than not he's kind of hurting his offense also to to note he's he's very young 20 uh not even like 20 and a half years old okay um so you're gonna get him for a long time in dynasty if you do end up drafting him I again I, I mean he played against SEC so some of the rushing numbers will probably be deflated because it's against great defenses pretty good offense there over there in AM. I again I just have a little bit of concerns about his his running style and and how it translates to the next level but the thing is like he's built so well and he plays so well on third downs that he might just be forced into a three down role where like he gets so many chances to be the workhorse over and over again so even if he's like you know a 4.1 4.0 yards per carry guy he might still just get 20 touches per game you know and if the draft capital's there then I'll probably move him up over Kenneth Walker maybe up over Drake London like those kind of guys but London's a guy who's probably going to get like top 10 top 15 draft capital Traylon Burks is probably someone who I think is going to keep rising up as the save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola Pepsi or 7-Up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Combine and that kind of shit hits. But yeah, man, that, uh, that's that's Spiller for me. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned with his running style. But overall, I mean, a, a really good prospect profile, really good build for a workhorse running back at the next level. And number six, and this is kind of where my top, my tier kind of cuts off here. And is Garrett Wilson, wide receiver of Ohio State. I really, really wouldn't be upset if someone argued Garrett Wilson all the way up at like the 101 or 102. Garrett Wilson is so good off the line of scrimmage. He is so quick. He is such a good route runner. Uh, he makes a ton of plays downfield. Six foot, 193. So he's got legitimate you know he's got legitimate size to be an outside weapon in today's sort of NFL this year as a junior 11 games 70 catches 1058 yards 12 touchdowns four for 76 and a touchdown on the ground and that is with sharing the field Chris Olave uh can't remember the underclassman who's about to be the next uh fucking Jamar Chase basically so those numbers are really impressive when you consider just how much of the pigskin he had to share with the rest of his team okay Garrett Wilson here's the thing with with the top three wide receivers Traylon Burks Drake London Garrett Wilson to me all of their game styles are let's say their skill sets are all super similar just in different body types okay Traylon Burks is AJ Brown Drake London is long lean but really big uh Mike Evans think and then Garrett Wilson is smaller right six six foot 193 but they all bring very good separation skills very good uh downfield playmaking ability very good ability with the ball in their hands um so these guys like 
you know, don't let them fool you. Look, all three of these guys are extremely well-rounded. All three of these guys could be argued anywhere from the 101 down to the 106 in one quarterback leagues, in my opinion. Uh, in my opinion, uh, Garrett Wilson, very, very athletic, like such good body control, really, really fun to watch. Um, my player comp for him is, I've, I've seen a lot of funky ones. I, I was talking to someone on Twitter last week, and uh, they had DeAndre Hopkins for his player comp. And it was tough for me. I know I was talking about how Brees Hall to Aaron Jones, I like doing like the, you know, more of just like a skill comp rather than like body composition he had deandre hopkins and I, I just had trouble seeing it because garrett wilson to me is more of like a fast twitch winner right i see him as like a pure route runner like a I, like calvin ridley was basically my rashad bateman calvin ridley were like my comp for garrett wilson where he's gonna win on any part of the field and he probably has a speed like calvin ridley where he's gonna hit the four 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 five kind of in that in that range ish uh so it's like he, he's in like the digs calvin ridley rashad bateman kind of mold for me uh just an unbelievable player anything you ask him to do so we love Garrett Wilson at the 106 after him <sighs> after him all hell kind of breaks loose and this is not who I would take at the 107 in a mock draft I don't even know if you'd have to use a first even like early second round pick on this guy but as I go through these prospect profiles I try to slot a guy into my rankings and dude I fucking love I don't know how you even say his first name Jahan Jahan Dotson out of Penn State he is an unbelievable route runner he is like the fucking police department because he's open all of the time this dude is never not open great possession receiver very smooth natural hands was a punt returner and and this was an interesting one for me because i'm watching and i'm like oh he's got like really it looks like he's got good like possession wide receiver type size here right um and then i start to look into the numbers i start to look into athletics i start to look into the size and stuff like that he's 511 183 so he came in a little bit smaller than i had anticipated or hoped for I thought if this guy was six foot 200 I I don't know how much further down to Garrett Wilson than I would put him in the tiers to be honest with you but 5'11 183 scares me a little bit however supposedly he's gonna run in the mid four threes for a 40 okay this dude is a fucking blazer and sometimes the faster you are does not equate to the better fantasy football wide receiver and oftentimes I feel like it's the fucking opposite the faster a guy is you know once they hit that like weird level of fast like you're like too fast it's like all you do is just be fast like that's your personality is being fucking fast you're usually not that good at fantasy football anymore I hope that's not the case for Jahan Dotson I hope Matt Harmon does uh reception perception on him because I swear to god dude this guy like really jumped off the screen to me in terms of just his separation skills I really 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 liked him Senior year, 91 catches, 1,182 yards, 12 touchdowns. Added a touchdown on the ground, so 1,200 total yards from scrimmage and 13 touchdowns. And, you know, Penn State's offense wasn't fantastic this year, so he had left a ton of statistics on the field right there. But if you don't know about Jahan Dawson, please, please go watch him film on him, man. I love him. You probably know about Chris Olave, who I have as my 108, sharing the field with Mr. Garrett Wilson, two ranks before him. Chris Olave is going to be a guy that I feel like there's already been a lot of like analytical discussion about Chris Olave, 6'1", 188. So not a huge build, but definitely can get it done on the NFL field. This previous year, 65 catches, 936 yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, he did kind of break out as a sophomore in 2019, 840 yards and 12 touchdowns. He's very skinny. There's no reason to hate on Chris Olave. Like he's a, I, I thought this was going to be one of those guys where like I see people who like like route running list him as like one of their top guys. And the people who like numbers and breakout age and all that kind of shit list him as a guy that they don't really like. Uh, but when you dive into those numbers, like his breakout age one is in the 85th percentile, college target share 73rd percentile, college dominator 57th percentile. And when I watch him play, he looks really, really, really good. 
Again, very, very good natural hands. He's not very elusive with the ball in his hands. I'd say that's probably one of the downsides of him. I don't think he's going to make a lot of plays with the ball in his hands, which is kind of unfortunate for someone who's like 185 pounds, 190 pounds. I really watched like four or five games, and I think I saw like one, maybe two successful juke moves. But he's a very, very, very good possession wide receiver, and I think he could be... I think his ceiling for me is capped as like a high-end wide receiver two in an offense, okay? He makes a lot of really great... My comp for him is Tyler Lockett. That's how I look at Tyler Lockett. Like, you, I mean, you could definitely say that Tyler Lockett's been like a wide receiver one in fantasy, but like, you don't really feel comfortable having Tyler Lockett as your wide receiver one in fantasy. That's how I look at Olave. Does a lot of really, really good things well and will be a great player at the next level in my opinion. Uh, next up is Mr. Rashad White, running back out of Arizona State. Now, this will be a polarizing prospect. I think he's one of those guys that like a ton of people don't really know about right now. And as the prospect season continues to move closer to the NFL draft, a lot more people will have Rashad White on their radar. He's going to be one of those guys where people get like way too corny and they're like, well, I have Rashad White is my 106 or something like that. Or like my 104. I love him because they need to prove that they love him more than everybody else loves him. And y'all could shut the fuck up. All right. Rashad White uh, was a Juco transfer. Okay. He has a lot of red flags on his profile. But he's a lot of good, okay? That's why I have him ranked all the way up here. Right now, transferred from Mount San Antonio College to Arizona State. So he's played the last two years at Arizona State as a redshirt senior. That is kind of a red flag. He didn't really break out at Arizona State until 2021. Going to be an older prospect because of that, okay? Uh, 182 rushes this year, 1,000 rushing yards, 15 rushing touchdowns. Butts, butts, 43 catches, 456 receiving yards. This dude might be the best third down player in this draft class. Well, okay, maybe take that back. One of the best pure receiving backs in this in this draft class. And he's not just a pure receiving back. He's got like the actual build of, uh, you know, he's got like a Tony Pollard build where he's like underratedly kind of big, like six foot, 5'11", 210, 215 pounds. I wanted to say third down, but Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame is an awesome third down player. Amazing catching the ball. Really, really good pass blocking. So I don't think I could put Rashad White up there. Rashad White is uh, just a very, very natural athlete. Very athletic. I think sometimes his running style in the same way that like Isaiah Spiller makes me a little bit nervous as a runner, Rashad White does the same thing with me where he might try to use his athleticism a bit too much and he bounces a lot of runs outside, which he shouldn't, but he's got the prototype athletic build. Awesome, awesome, awesome on third downs again. Really, really good uh, receiving back. But I, I think when he does get it right, like as he improves as a runner, I think he'll continue to be a better and better fantasy asset for you. Like he's got a really nice one cut line of scrimmage move, um, but sometimes he just has a little bit of questionable vision. My player comps for him were kind of all over the place. I heard Tony Pollard from someone, as I mentioned. I thought that was good. My initial comps for him were Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller, those two guys. So they are athletes. They're built like workhorse running backs, but they're not like there's something about them that you're just like their style's a little too funky to be like considered a workhorse running back, but can be good pass catchers when they need to be, can hit the breakaway running play. So those are my two comps for him, like long, lean, and slender, right? More athlete than running back, and that's kind of the way I see Rashad White. But I think the upside is real for a guy like Rashad White because he has a lot of high upside traits like the pass down back, the size, and things like that. Um, plus, we don't really know his upside because we haven't seen him play at a high level for a long time, right? Juco for two years. Arizona State, he wasn't like the starter immediately. We have one year of production, which, of course, is a red flag, but it also leaves room for a little bit of hoping and ceiling and wishing. So if you want someone like fun that you want to gamble on for high upside, I think Rashad White is probably that guy. Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama, is my 110. Tor uh, he tore his ACL in the national championship game, so that's going to be a problem. 
if you need to compete immediately and you're looking for a rookie in the first round that's going to help you compete immediately because again national championship game january 11th acl start of the season is september 8th for the nfl which would put him exactly eight months of recovery i wouldn't expect him to be in your fantasy lineups for minimum the first half of the nfl season they expect a full recovery the the, the story with jameson williams is his fucking speed all right a lot of people are going to comp him to jalen waddle who was a absolute flame on the alabama football field last year very very same kind of player uh super super fast they do expect him to make a full recovery back to his four three uh speed on the field another guy where like you get him involved in the screen games man and he is gone um, he's someone who's not great with the ball in his hands. He, he wins a lot of he, he wins a lot of one-on-one situations with speed, which is fine, right? If if you're a four-three guy, you can win with speed. Not everybody's going to be uh, fucking Lashawn McCoy. Not everybody's going to be those guys in the open field where they move from one fucking hash mark to the other with one move. Okay, he's not that guy, but he still wins via speed when he gets the ball in his hands. He's an absolute elite deep threat. He's got a he's got a gear that other people on the field absolutely don't have. And I know I already comped Chris Olave to Tyler Lockett, but when I watch Bryce Young throw the ball to Jamison Williams on these deep passes, I cannot unsee Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett. Okay, Bryce Young to Jamison Williams, to me, feels like... I think Bryce Young is very much like Russell Wilson. I think uh, I see a lot of that in Jamison Williams. So he's a guy who... Ohio State couldn't get on the field. This is crazy. This is crazy, okay? So Jamison Williams could not get on the field at Ohio State. He combined for... 15 catches his first two seasons at Ohio State as a freshman sophomore transfers to Alabama this year first year at Alabama in 15 games 79 receptions 1579 receiving yards 15 receiving touchdowns this dude was so fucking explosive again he's gonna he's gonna run probably like a 4-3 6-2 190 pounds so he's got good size as well again the easy comp is is Waddle uh, I like Tyler Lockett I even like John Brown uh John Brown is a guy who a little bit a little bit smaller than Jameson Williams but John Brown is a very good deep threat He's not great with the ball in his hands. I don't think Jamison Williams is outside of just like pure speed, which again can definitely work. And John Brown is a was a really underrated route runner. Okay, so I, I kind of see the similarities with Jamison Williams there. So I have like John Brown, Tyler Lockett. It's obviously a little bit of Jam- uh, it, it. You can't you can't do it without Waddle there because Alabama and the speed, et cetera, et cetera. So Jamison Williams, really really good player. If you have the luxury of being able to sit on your first round rookie pick, Jamison Williams is going to be a prized possession towards the end of the year. One eleven, David Bell, wide receiver out of Purdue. Okay, so this is the guy I wanted to talk about when I was mentioning like a kind of a problem with the the way people look at players or the way the way Dynasty Twitter evaluates rookies. And this is the guy I'm probably going to be a little bit on the uh, minority side here. A lot of people really like David Bell. My comp for David Bell, and I tweeted this out, was Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard came out of Oklahoma as a great prospect. He was a second-round pick in the NFL draft. Sterling Shepard is a really good route runner, and he's really good with the ball in his hands. I, I, I think David Bell is the same way. The reason I hate evaluations like David Bell are because here, here's what people do with David Bell, okay? They don't watch him. They go to the athletic page and they see, you know, when you look at like his player profile page, he it's pretty unfucking blemished, right? Breakout age, 18.7, 94th percentile. College target share, 89th percentile. Uh, college dominator, 88th percentile, right? 6'2", 205. So if you just look at the pure numbers, you see zero red flags, okay? This is what people do. They hang on that, right? They make the, the lazy evaluation. Everybody loves David Bell. If you don't love David Bell, then you're an idiot because every all those numbers just check the boxes, okay? So it's easy for you to fall back on it. Like everyone just loves David Bell because there are no red flags on the profile, right? So it's an easy it's an easy way to say if he doesn't hit, you say like, oh, everybody loved him. The uh, the analytics said that he had to, you, you had to love him, right? Uh, so he's, he's one of those guys where I feel like everybody falls in love with him just because... Most of the most of the mark the, the the boxes are checked. 
I'm not explaining this well or correctly whatsoever. He just seems like an easy fallback player. When I watch him, I don't see a great NFL player. I see a really, really solid wide receiver too, sort of like Sterling Shepard. The red flag I see on his profile is a red flag that nobody ever looks at. It is such uh, an underutilized piece of the profile, and it's this yards per reception number here you'll see. 11.8, which is in the 13th percentile. So he checks every other box, right? Breakout age, target share, college dominator rating. That yards per reception number terrifies me. Okay, because a lot of times when you have a guy like David Bell, who's the most athletic player on the field in an offense like Purdue that doesn't have a lot of major NFL talents on the field, you force the ball to that player. Okay, and that inflates the numbers. Like, of course, you're going to have a big dominator rating. Of course, you're going to have a big target share when they're throwing you the ball at the line of scrimmage every single time. What I saw on film was almost every pass was short slants or screen passes to David Bell. And we have seen this quite a few times over the last few years where people just look at an athletic profile and they say, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. I have to like him and there's nothing else about it because if it goes wrong, I could just blame everything else and everyone else, everyone else liked him, the athletic, you know, breakout age was there, whatever. Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, LaVisca Chenault, Brian Edwards, just guys that we've all seen come and not flourish, but they had flawless analytical profiles, all with very low yards per reception numbers. All those guys, really good athletes, okay? Of course, they're going to force the ball to Rondell Moore in that offense. Of course, they're going to force the ball to fucking LaVisca Chenault in that offense, you know? And none of, there's nothing wrong with any of those players. Like, Christian Kirk's a really good NFL player. Rondell Moore is probably going to be a really good NFL player. Not every rookie needs to be a wide receiver one, okay? Not every look, rookie needs to be a top five fantasy wide receiver. It's just not how this shit works, okay? You could be a really good role. Every, every class needs to have a lot of role players coming out of it. I personally think David Bell is one of those guys. If you draft David Bell in the second or third round and you end up with Christian Kirk, you're probably happy as an NFL team. You're not getting top 10 fantasy wide receiver numbers. That's the way I see it, okay? Uh, he makes some spectacular plays. He definitely, if you just look at his highlight tape, you're going to be like, Nick, you look like an idiot. David Bell makes some really, really, really good plays. He played a lot of really b- bad teams. When he played against good teams like Notre Dame, when he played against good teams like that, he struggled, okay? He excelled on like screen passes against teams like UConn, but like Ohio State, Notre Dame, yeah, he might have ended like eight for 78. Sure, of course, you catch the ball eight times at the line of scrimmage, you're going to get eight to nine yards per catch. It's not really that difficult. Most player, most replacement level players are going to be able to do that. So he makes some spectacular catches. And he's really, really good, like separating on the slant and things like that. I think a lot of people are going to comp him to Rashad Bateman, where he doesn't do anything great, but he's like good everywhere. And I would agree with that. I think Rashad Bateman's a great, great separator. I think we'll see that play out as he's getting a full healthy season and has a quarterback that'll throw him the ball. I, I don't think David Bell's as good as separating as Rashad Bateman is. So he that's not my comp. Again, that's why I put Sterling Shepard. He, he's not like amazing with the ball in his hands. He does, again, make some highlight plays, but that's not his bread and butter. That's not his calling card, in my opinion. So yeah, David Bell... You know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of, of fat to trim on the profile, but again, he's just one of those guys that he's just it's just not there for me. And and I I could see this happening in two years when everyone just like continues to be like, gotta have David Bell, gotta have David Bell, college breakout age, dominating, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like very obvious to me if he doesn't hit, why he's not going to hit. Finally, we move on to the last player in the top twelve is Mr. Kyron Williams, running back out of Notre Dame. He's someone that I could see shooting up the draft board for me based on draft capital and athleticism. He is a, a bit of a smaller back, okay? So 5'9", 195. That is red flag number one. So Kyron Williams, great on third downs. Awesome pass catching back. Um, you're going to hear comps of like Austin Eckler, right? And I think that could be like the upside because he's a great pass catching back. I think he could end up being like a Kenny Gainwell, right? Where last year it was really popular to love Kenny Gainwell. And I talked all season about how like Kenny Gainwell to me was more JD McKissick than he was Austin Eckler. Um, just because he looked like him. I didn't think it, Kenny Gainwell was not an impressive runner to me whatsoever. Kyron Williams 
it was interesting because last year's rookie dynasty guide each year i write an article it's top five running backs for the next year's class and kyron williams was a very chalky pick when i watched his film last year before the 2021 season i came away very unimpressed as a runner this year i think he got better as a runner i don't know what i don't know if he went on a diet i don't know if he what the weight room was different i don't know what happened but i came away a lot more impressed for what he does on first and second down in 2021 than he did previously so i'm a little bit higher and i'm probably going to continue to get a little bit higher on this guy depending on where he um depending on where he ends up one of those tough runners right the, you know might be 195 might be 200 pounds but he's very very tough to bring down uh he's got pretty good vision at the line of scrimmage he's just agile he's got he's got a lot of good things going for him but i i, I just think that he is someone that might be pigeonholed into that third down role but really really good uh pass blocker really really good um pass catching back 35 catches in t- 2020 42 catches in 2021, uh, handled over 200 carries in both of those years, combined for 27 rushing touchdowns in those two years. I would I would love, actually, no, I would kind of fucking hate it, but I was going to say Patriots grab him to play like the James White plus role, but they already got Ramondre and Damian Harris. I don't want to see a backfield like that, but that's what I see him as. I, I see him as a really, really good plus third down back. And with that, listen, Austin Eckler never becomes a workhorse if Melvin Gordon doesn't hold out. He was not getting the three down opportunity if Melvin Gordon doesn't hold out. So Kyron Williams might be a guy that's pigeonholed into a third down role with a little bit of early down work. And if he gets the shot to shine, maybe he does, but maybe he never gets it because of the size factor. So that's going to be a little bit of an issue for me. Now, again, I like to back up what I saw in film with analytical numbers. And when I talk about Kyron Williams didn't look very elusive to me last year, 2020, I was looking at broken tackle rate via sports info solutions. I was looking at PFF's elusive rate, all that kind of shit. And he was, you know, out of like 120 backs, he was ranked like 75th, 85th, you know, so not good in terms of elusive rating this year. He looked better to me. I looked at the numbers, elusive rank per PFF out of 169 running backs, 28th yards after contact per attempt, 21st broken tackle rate, 15 out of 200 of sports info solutions, 27 and percent broken tackle rate. So his elusiveness definitely went up again. I don't know what he did. The Notre Dame offensive line typically performs really well. They were top 20 in the NCAA this year. So that helped a little bit in terms of his rushing numbers, 4.9 yards per carry, a little bit of a red flag for me. Like you think, you know, NFL prospect on Notre Dame, you're not playing against like always the best fucking teams. You should be a little bit more, you know, highly regarded in that sense. But Kyron Williams is a guy that's growing on me a little bit. It's an interesting draft class he would have fit well into last year's draft class this year we have a lot of we have a lot of bigger backs right Brees Hall 215 Isaiah Spiller 225 Rashad White 215 uh Kenneth Walker who I thought was bigger but 205 210 and as we go down the list of my running back rankings we'll have a lot of players that are built like this they're they're bigger right 210 215 220 whereas last year it was like you got a couple big guys and then everyone else was like 195 and you were kind of just like picking and choosing spots that you liked about him oh good on third downs oh he's elusive etc cetera, etc cetera. this is a little bit more interesting of a running back class i.e the, the talent not not great i would say i do think the the high-end guys are pretty fucking good uh they're nothing compared to like the jonathan taylor deandre swift class or the or the class before that but overall they got some good high-end guys. Kyron Williams is one of those guys that starts to fall off in terms of the size, but he backs it up in other ways. So that is the first round mock draft I have for y'all today. Half PPR, one quarterback league. Just to recap, we have Brees Hall running back Iowa State, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller, Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson, Chris Olave, Rashad White, Jameson Williams, David Bell, Kyron Williams. All right. So we got for y'all 12 plays. Make sure you go check out Felix Gray. Link down below. I love you. Dynasty rookie content about to blast the fuck off. Goodbye.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.